0: Hi, and welcome back to Dating Funnies. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. Hopefully, uh, if you get a chance to listen to all or many of my podcasts, you'll kind of get a good idea of one man's journey of trying to meet and date someone here in the greater Seattle area. I've uh, got a lot of updates, I guess, this week. Not so much in terms of dating, but just different things that have been going on that I thought maybe I'd share with everyone. One of the things uh, that I thought I'd share is I got a... An email, actually a couple of emails from a new listener. And I encourage any and everybody else, if you have an idea, a thought, or a comment, feel free to email those to me at datingfunnies, that's D A T I N G F U N N I E S at gmail.com. More than happy to take whatever suggestions you have or have not, or what you like, what you don't like. Uh, but please keep in mind when you do email me, or as you listen to my podcast, uh, and don't email me. Uh, this is a one man's journey, not every man's journey. It's just my journey of some of the challenges I continue to run into when I'm trying to meet in hopes to date someone. So, um... If you feel somewhat offended by a comment or two I make on my podcast, it's not directed at any one specific person. It's just directed at what I've experienced and what my take is on that. So uh, I'm not here to to decide which age grouping or which race or anything like that and which uh, fits my style or not. It's just what I keep running into, and it's very discouraging. It's frustrating at times. Uh, Seattle, if you're not a Seattle listener... Or if you are, I, you know, certainly feel free to send me an email and say, yeah, I'm a Seattle listener, and what you're talking about in the dating style here in Seattle is very true. It's a challenge. I mean, it's more of a challenge today than it was probably 10 years ago because everyone's online. They're either on the apps. They're online. They're swiping left, swiping right. Now what do we do here? It's, it's, I'm in the epicenter, so to speak, of the coronavirus. It's a town in Kirkland, Washington. It is one town 10 minutes away from me to the north. Granted, the deaths, sadly, are people that are older. they are uh, got low immune systems. And But it hasn't been a mortality situation yet and hopefully it never will be with the younger people or people a little bit younger than the people of this this housing complex so now that coronavirus here in our cities Seattle Bellevue Redmond Kirkland you know the major employers are telling everyone to stay home so now what do you do when you try to want to interact with somebody online Do you meet them or do you not what are the challenges there so it just added to an extra layer because rightfully so we should all be should concern, but to the level of panic that we're seeing in the city now is, is is huge. So I don't know how to navigate or what that'll look like as we go forward throughout the weeks about meeting people, especially strangers. You don't know if they've got the virus or they don't or who knows. So anyway, all all complex, this whole trying to date someone. I'll give you an update on my interview with The Bachelor. Uh, that was interesting in so much that I did get to talk to the producer and for you new listeners, uh, I sent in an application on the request of my daughter in law, who thought maybe I should apply to be on the new seniors' The Bachelor show. At first, I wasn't going to do, and I thought, why not? I'm a risk taker. See what happens. I didn't think they would contact me, and sure enough, they did. I talked to the producer for about 20 minutes. It was more just a conversation, interacting. They asked a few basic questions. I answered them. We chatted, laughed about a couple of things, told them about I'm doing a podcast on dating. They thought that was interesting. So, who knows if I'll hear back from them. It'd be kind of interesting to see if I do hear back from them oh, and what the next steps are from there and what that really looks like. Because if I'm not mistaken, at the end of the show, The Bachelor is supposed to ask one of the women there to marry them. So, I'm starting to wrap my head around that concept because through all these years of trying to meet someone to date them, you know, to actually know that I would end up getting married at the end of the journey it just kind of backed me up a little bit kind of like watching the show love is blind on netflix i mean going into it you are think okay great we'll do this we'll do this social experiment and then when the reality hits on you that oh my gosh at the end of this i'm supposed to ask somebody to marry me and when you've been single for a long time it's kind of oh put the brakes on a little bit nonetheless we'll see where that goes i'll update you as it goes it would be kind of fun to be on the show and we'll just have to see uh, how that goes going forward once again it's just part of my journey here for whatever reason also i thought maybe it'd be good at this time to re-explain the reason why i'm on was on the sugar dating sites i was thought I would try a different approach to dating as some of you may have listened to some of my stories you know I'm trying to date people in my age grouping fifty to sixties mid sixties that those people just will not communicate back with me on the normal dating sites or on the swiping left swiping right sites I don't know why but many people tell me I'm a good looking guy and very successful I'm outgoing you know and- I've been told I'm a really good listener, but for whatever reason, that segment of the population here in the Seattle area, they they don't want to leave their computer and meet. And I'm going to meet them anywhere, anytime they choose, at a location that they choose, so they feel comfortable in doing so. But whatever reason, they are just not going to meet. So I thought, okay, well, I'll try the sugar dating site. It's not that I'm trying to look for a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old. Yeah, I might want to maybe meet someone in their late 40s. So, and on that sugar site, there's women in there in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. And I reached out to all those women that were 50s and 60s, and you know how many responded to me? Yeah, zero. So, what is it? I don't know what it is, but it's perplexing. So, I'm not trying to, I'm not giving up on older women, but they've given up on me. So, what do you do with that? I want to date someone. I want to meet someone. I want to have fun. And... If the universe is only going to put people in front of me that are in their 40s and 30s, then I'm going to go out and have fun. Is that my vision of what I'm looking for? No. But what would you do? sit home every weekend, every night in hopes that someone's just going to show up to your front door that's going to be picture-perfect type of person? I'm not going to. And I would hope no one else would do that either. we got to go out, and we got to mingle, we got to be open to the possibilities. And that's all I was trying to do on the sugar sites. Not that I have to defend myself. It was interesting meeting some of those people on there and they all have their hand out. And I get the deal. They want money and as a man, we want intimacy. I had an interesting... Uh, conversation uh, with someone that was in their 30s that said well you know you mentioned this book that you read a long time ago called The Game and kind of read a little bit of that that's that whole book's objectifying women so I said well maybe so that was a book written several years ago and that was their mindset and of course the book is written for entertainment but women being on a sugar dating site aren't they objectifying men they're trying to reach out to men to have money. And aren't men objectifying women because they're trying trying to date younger women for sex? I mean, that's the reality of the deal. So what's really the difference? I mean, it's it's all out there. That's how it's all playing itself out, my point of view. So I thought that was interesting in terms of that conversation. And she ultimately agreed. And whether she did or didn't agree with me it didn't really matter. But it made for good conversation and a good Gave me a different perspective of maybe how she was seeing things, and she was open to, to how I was looking at it from a different perspective. There's no reason to have a, a division in who's right and who's wrong. I think I've mentioned in past podcasts about me going out and dating older women. I've had people in my office say, "Well, you, you go out with younger women." I said, "Well, it's, I'm not trying to, but I have a new rule, and that rule still stays in place for me. If someone pays attention to me, I'm going to pay attention back." Now, granted. You know, if they're too young. I mean, we're not going to have anything in common. I get that, you guys. I'm, that, I'm not trying to do that. And I have to be vested into somebody before I can have fun. Maybe when I was 20, I didn't have to be invested at all. I'd just go have fun. I told somebody in my office, okay, great. I'll I'll go on, I'll set up some coffee dates with some women 65 to 70 years old. You know, that's that's like eight, nine years older than me. And I met four women. And all four women... Said the same thing to me after each coffee meeting. Well, you, you sure a nice guy. You're friendly. You you sound like you'd be fun to be with. But you know, I just don't see the chemistry. Now, what I wanted to say to all four of them was, you know, we might live to be a hundred years old, but after eighty, for most of us, it does it doesn't look pretty. I mean, we're physically, mentally. It's a challenge. So we're going to sit around and wait for this magic wand to have these instant butterflies, this instant chemistry within the first five or ten minutes of meeting someone? I think that's a pretty far-reaching expectation. Why not go out, meet someone, go on a couple of dates, see if you enjoy being around them, and then oh my gosh, you might wake up and say, yeah, I really, I really like being with this person. Instead of having a division line that you got to meet the one in the first ten minutes of meeting. And I've podcasted about this before, where I know people that gave it a second, third, fourth try and realized, oh my gosh, this is the person I've been looking. But if they would have discounted them after the first coffee meeting, first wine meeting, then they'd still be single Problem. I mean, I've got a friend that had a great success story after not wanting to date this one guy for two and a half years, kept saying no. They finally agreed reluctantly to go on a date. and Now they've been married for 12 years. So it can happen, but it can only happen, in my opinion, if we all approach it with an open mindset. I really don't know what to say. I don't know what the challenges are. And who knows, maybe if I get on The Bachelor, all those women there will tell me no, too, because I'm not the one for them. I don't know. It's it's just crazy. You know, one of the things that the, the new listener suggested is that, you know, I get the fact that all women like to be wine and dine, and men like that too. We all want to be wanted and desired. We want to be appreciated, and if if nothing else, I'm sure you can all tell that, you know, I'm pretty forthright. I'm pretty assertive. I'm not. I don't try to be pushy, but I'm assertive. So if I'm interested in a woman, then I'll reach out to her, and I'll reach out to her a couple more times. And if she doesn't drop the handkerchief, in other words, give back to me in a timely fashion, or be a little bit of playful flirtatious, then she's basically telling me she's not interested. If she doesn't text me back for three or four days, it's pretty clear to me she's not interested. So it's not from a lack of not pursuing somebody, it's just that I'm not going to blow up somebody's phone, I'm not going to blow up somebody's email box. If they're not showing any kind of interest level, and I say drop the handkerchief because someone told me, you know, many years ago in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, that how women would let know, men know that they were interested, they would drop their handkerchief. Well, today, it's dropping a handkerchief is responding to a text in a timely fashion. Be flirtatious. Let the the, the, the other person know that you have interest of continuing the conversation that's what's lacking everybody wants to make assumptions based upon a text or an email and they want to go meet someone to really find out if there's somebody that they really like and really enjoy being you know that that once again my perspective but that's kind of how i'm seeing how this whole thing is playing out i will share with you this kind of last story is i've talked about her several times and although I wasn't totally sold on her, I still pursued her. We met back in October, and then we met for coffee, and then we went out. We had a good time together, and then she had to leave to go to England to take care of her dad, and sadly her dad died. He was in his mid-90s. I, and she sent me one text. She wanted to make sure I had WhatsApp, which I did, so that she could communicate with me while she was over there. And I thought, great, okay, we'll continue the conversation. I got one text from her. I text her the response and then a couple days later text her again, never heard from her again. So I thought I'd try again over the holidays, you know, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. And I was surprised to get a text from her. So then she says, let's connect after the holidays. I connect with her, and we agreed to meet, to go, and she wanted to go see a movie. So we went to see a movie, grabbed a bite to eat afterwards. Seemed to be still some mutual interest in it. Then I invited her to a networking event where I thought her and I could interact. We can interact with other people so it didn't feel awkward. And she ended up just leaving me, basically, in a corner by myself while she went off and chatted with some lady that she met there. And so the other day, we're going back and forth, heard from her, sent her text, and it was like three and a half days later heard back from her. We get to chatting a little bit, and she says, look, I'm all for getting together and having fun and going doing things, but I have no interest in being romantically involved with you because I just know that you probably voted for Trump. Now, we've never talked about politics at all, and whether I voted for Trump or not, my way of thinking is I don't care. I'm always open to listening to another person's point of view, whether I agree with it or not. And I know many relationships where they, they they divide over religion, they divide over politics, but yet they have a good relationship. They understand and respect each other's boundaries. Based upon her assumption about my political views, and I asked her to clarify, she said, well, I can tell you are a very conservative person, and I'm very liberal, and I can't see myself being someone that's conservative. So once again, it goes back to that checklist that we've talked about before. And, I, and I know we all have them but it's like when I was interviewing for the bachelor they said what is the type of person you're looking for and I guess I'll share with you guys my listeners that look you can be a grandmother just don't be a grandma meaning if you're just going to sit home and that's all you're going to do and you don't want you're not active you don't want to hike you don't want to golf you don't want to go on trips you don't want to travel well that's just not going to work for me i I don't want to have to do everything with somebody, but I want to do enough things with them that we're we're enjoying our relationship. Golfing, sailing, flying, traveling, wine tasting, movies, concerts, plays. Let's go do it. Why not? I have the ability to go do those. I want my partner to have the ability to go do those. What is so difficult about that? I mean, I know women by and large don't want men to just sit home and watch football all day on tv or watch golf all day on tv i would rather go to the events and take my partner with me go to a football game go to a baseball game i'm a season ticket holder i love going to those things the events are fun you meet other people it's a fun environment i'm trying to meet somebody whether they're in their 40s 50s or 60s i just don't know what the answer here is in seattle Uh, I've had better luck down in California, Arizona, my friends down in Texas. And I say California, Arizona, because I have business interests in both of those places. So I go down there, and of course, I get it. I don't want a long-distance relationship, and the people I meet don't want one either. So we're not trying to have a quick fix. We're all trying to find somebody. But if our checklist is too rigid, I believe we're never going to find someone. So if you have a checklist and everybody's got to fill every box, then it's going to be a problem. If I've got to meet somebody and they have a few of my boxes checked, but not all of them, I'm okay with that. Maybe over time they'll enjoy doing what I'm doing. And maybe over time I'll enjoy doing what they're doing. They don't drink. I can respect that, but they have to respect the fact that I like to have a glass of wine every now and then. I like to have my Jack and Coke every now and then. Am I a daily drinker? No, I got things to do i'm still working i'm still trying to push the rock forward and and be creative in the workplace i don't know i, I guess i'm kind of venting today but not really i'm just trying to stake my case and maybe you guys have got better um ideas or solutions, but I'm on all the dating sites. I'm on Match, I'm on Plenty of Fish, OkCupid, eHarmony. I'm not on the sugar sites. After doing that for a month, I thought, this isn't me. This is what I'm looking for. I'm not going to write somebody a check to be my friend. i could write them a check to be my intimate partner. I'm looking for a partner. And I got on there thinking maybe I could find somebody in their 40s or 50s that would be interested in dating someone that was in their 60s. I, have, I didn't find that. At least the ones that i reached out to they wouldn't even respond back to me so you know i've had many people tell me i'm a good-looking guy but you know you put me in front of a million people i'm sure half a million people think i'm a great-looking guy and half a million people think who's he think he is i get it that's just how it is with everyone i will say i do appreciate everyone listening i'm not trying to offend anybody trust me on that uh, i'm frustrated i'd like to have better success at this uh, but if we all continue to approach being narrowly minded or narrowly focused, I guess we're just not going to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. I mean, even my daughter-in-law has to try to convince me to, to, to try to apply to the bachelor because she knows and her her parents know that I'm trying to meet somebody and they know it's very, very challenging. I mean, I'll leave with this last thought. My daughter-in-law and son, they uh, have some neighbors and this lady lived east of seattle by a good hour and a half it was a he lived east an hour and a half out by in the mountains and then she lived in seattle and they got to talking on match.com hit it off decided they're going to meet and then he finally declared to himself to her that hey i live here not there and he says i know it's quite a bit of a distance but why don't we at least meet go from there and she was open-minded to it and so was he and They ended up meeting. They went on a couple of dates. He moved closer to her. She moved closer to him. And now they're married. They got twins. So to me, it's possible. uh, But we have to be open to the possibilities. So with that said, this is Dating Funnies. Thanks for listening.